Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karez speaking, and on this episode, we go to the South and talk to someone who's not only making noise, she's also blazing trails with her passion for fitness and her passion for music. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to fix your credit and give your wallet much needed space for more money to come into, please contact them at www.transparentcreditrepair.com or call them at 862-250-5122. Tell them Heritage Hip Hop sent you and get something very nice in return. This episode, once again, is about being true to self and staying positive because your dreams can come true. We meet Fit Like Candy, the boss of Southern Hip Hop. Mind you, she's more than just a pretty face. She's a story of determination and a never-say-die attitude. Check out her interview, and at the end, I'll come back with the rest of my commentary. Peace and blessings, everybody. This is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop. And on the line, I have somebody that is not a stranger to being in front of the crowd and taking people's minds. Please, introduce yourself to the people. Hello, everybody. This is Fit Like Candy. And it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for allowing me to interview you. Of course. Thank you for having me. So usually when people do uh, interviews, people always ask what got you into music or where did your love for music begin? I don't start my interviews like that with people who are more, who have more of a bigger story than just rapping. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And doing my research on you, Fit Like Candy is a person who not only loves music, but she loves life. Where did that love for life come from? Um, this is, I think it came out the womb. I've been just, I've always been a positive person my whole life. Um, growing up, I had a lot of negativity around me. Um, and I always, I've always strived for, you know, um, positive energy and just being happy. Being happy is like the biggest thing in my life, like to me. So, you know, when I, when I feel that way, when I, I, you know, I do what I can to, um, make myself happy. And that's just what people see all the time. I'm, I'm very energetic. I'm a very positive person. I'm not into drama. I'm not into negativity. Um, so I'm just, I'm always happy. Even if there is drama around me, um, I try to, you know, opt that out of the situation and, and keep myself happy. So, so yeah. Besides the normal growing pains that a person goes through, because that's life and experience, and doing my research on you, you have always been somebody who's taken their joy to the performance arena. What was the earliest you've performed, and what did you do? Uh, I was seven years old. I was a gymnast. Okay. Um, see, 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 when it comes to music and, like, gymnastics or fitness, they're, they're, they're kind of the same, but they have different spectrums of that similarity as well. To be a gymnast, to be in, in music or fitness, you have to have a mental focus and a, and a sharp, and a sharp mind. How did, how, how does being mentally fit, um, physically fit and verbally fit, how does that fit into what makes you a great performer or artist? Um, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, it, it keeps you, you know, in with the competition. I mean, you, in order to be a good gymnast, in order to be a good fitness personality or, or artist, whatever, you know, you have competition around you. There's people that are are wanting to do the same thing as you, you know, and I truly believe that 
you know, um, work ethic, outbeats talent all the time. And the people that are truly successful have some sort of talent. Some people may not have a lot of talent, but their work ethic is outbeats anybody's work ethic. So, you know, I, I feel like that. I don't think I'm answering this question right, but I feel like that. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I didn't really understand the question, to be honest. Okay. Well, let me, let, me, let me say it another way. Most of what we do in our lives follow a pattern. You, you have done, being a gymnast means you have to be fit. And being a gymnast, going to practice, going through the routines, it means you're mentally sharp. To be an artist, and I give you respect from what I've learned of you is as an artist, you are a person who didn't just take whatever was given to you, you earned it and you worked at it. So that's a mentally sharp jewel as well. How does being fit as a gymnast also being fit as a performer make you like dope? I'll put it that way. I'm sorry, but I'm not understanding. Like, how did being fit as a, as a gymnast make me dope? Being fit as a how does how does being a rapper that fit how is that dope? Is that what you're asking? No, no. I'll put it I'll put it this way. Usually, when I, I tell everybody, when you come to Heritage Hip Hop, we don't do the typical questions. We really want to show the the audience the depth of you as a person to show that everything about you is relevant, not just a song or a beat. The reason why I ask the question is because when we do something, it leads us to our greatness in many things. And so lessons that we learn in one aspect of our life can prepare us and make us great at other things that we do. Um, so, Right. Everything my, I've done as mm -hmm. literally God has taken me on this path. It's crazy, and it's really prepared me for what's about to come next is freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a stranger to people who perform, whether it's cheerleading, gymnastics, aerobic. There's a mental sharpness that comes with it because you have to stay committed. You work at, and you work at your craft. Same thing as with music. You never start great, but you build into your greatness. And I wanted to build this interview up from your love and passion for other things and lead it into the music. You see what I'm saying? Mm hmm So let's, let's come back a little bit. Let's come back a little bit. Everybody on the line, this is Fit Like Candy, and she's not the typical person who just wanted to rap. She's someone who's experienced life many times over through how not only how she was raised, but the gift she gives through the life she's been given. Can you tell me about the first time you know you was you was meant for music? When I was seven. I wrote my first song. Tell me about that song. Um, it was a bad song. It was it was explicit. It was about sex. I was seven. Who knows why I even knew about that yet? I don't know. Um, and my brother stole the sheet of paper that I was writing it on, and my mom took it to my mom and gave me a whooping. <laughs> now, you know what's dope about that story, though? For most what? people, when they first start rapping, they probably usually say something that doesn't make sense or something they shouldn't be saying. Right. So that's ex so that's experience, true indeed. As you grew into that love for music, how did you get into gymnastics and do things in that field of um, entertainment? So with gymnastics, my I, I wasn't in sports at the time, and my mom brought me a phone book, and she was like, hey, you can either do ballet or gymnastics, pick one. And I picked gymnastics, and she made me find a gymnastics facility in the phone book. <laughs> Oh, wow. That okay. And I ended up being a really, really good gymnast. That's dope. Yeah. So, gymnastics was given to you, but you but you worked to master it. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. It was something I grew to love. 
but I was naturally good at it. Like the first time I tried out, I ended up like I've never done gymnastics before, and I ended up making a level four team. I got my tip on my first. Like anyone who's done gymnastics knows what a tip is. That's like crazy. Like it takes so long to get that skill, and I got it the first time I tried out. It was fucking crazy. You're a natural. Yeah. Natural ability is the beginning of mastery. And the worst thing I hate about music is people will judge you off industry mastery and not take the journey of learning you first. What have you learned about yourself since you did gymnastics and then transitioned into music? Um, well, I mean, there's so much more than, you know, after gymnastics that I did. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to get there. But, I mean... What have I learned about myself from gymnastics? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hard worker. I do what I got to do to get to where I want to be. And that's, just, that's, that's where I've been at my whole entire life. Um, with gymnastics, I've always, I've, I'm, I'm competitive, very, very competitive. If someone is doing, you know, three sets of, uh, pull-ups, 10 pull-ups, and coach only asks us to do two, then I'm, and somebody does three, I'm going to do four. If somebody <laughs> runs one extra mile, I'm going to run two extra miles. If somebody finishes with one extra same tuck, I'm going to finish with two. If there's a if there's a level 10 gymnast that I'm racing against, I'm going to beat them. That's just, that's just my mentality my whole life. And I respect that about you because that means you're a grinder. You also are, you're also a person who does not take shorts. Yeah. When that happens or a person has that mentality, they're the people who usually set the standard or set the bar. How did you test your bar and raise your bar in everything that you've done? How did I set my bar with everything that I've done? Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever really set a bar. I think I just saw a vision where I wanted to be and you know where I where other people were, and I wanted to I wanted to be there. I don't think I've ever like set a bar. I mean, sure. unless it's like I don't know okay. for myself, like like uh, personal goals. But yeah, okay, all right. So like the the bar I was making I was talking about is like your goals. How did you set your goals with everything that you've done? Where did you want to take yourself from in the gymnastic life? Where did you want to take yourself within it? Because gymnastics is not something that people do for a lifetime. It's usually something people do. Like some people, like my niece, she did track, or and she did like some some gymnastics. She wanted to go to the Olympics. That was her that was her goal. So she set her bar there, and then afterwards she wanted to transition to something else. As you're doing very well in gymnastics, what was the goal that you set for yourself, and that where did you want to take it? Uh, I wanted to go to the Olympics, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you transition to? Uh, cheerleading. Cheerleading. Yeah. Okay. How, 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 does the, how does the cheerleading life come from gymnastics? Um, How did it come from gymnastics? Yeah. Well, cheerleading is literally gymnastics, except you put people up in the air and you yell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm, I, as a, from a male's point of view, we have a very basic and, uh, and ignorant understanding of cheerleading unless we do it. See, um, when, when a man looks at a cheerleader, he's looking at their skirt or if they're cute and how they shake pom-poms. But for a person who understands the craft, there's practices, there's dances, there's routines. So you being in music, you have the gift of knowing both sides of it, the choreography and the wordplay and the mastery of the studio. What interested you in going towards the studio and not to – and I don't know if you've continued chilling, you could tell me, but to come out of chilling and go towards the artist lane. Um, I, so – Everybody asked me this question, and I was—I wrote my first song when I was seven. I've been into music my whole entire life, so it wasn't that I went from cheerleading to music 
I've been doing music my whole entire life. When I, before I was cheering, I had songs out. So, I mean, I, 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 nothing inspired me after cheerleading because I was already inspired. Music was a part of you from the beginning. Now, right. see, I like yeah. that. That's dope. That's dope because, unfortunately, when it comes to people's critique, People always think something has to lead to something. And sometimes the thing is just in you, and, and it comes out the way it does. Right. How did you find your voice, not just the ability to do music? Like my uh, my voice? What do you mean by yeah, that? Well, like, like, you know, when people, when people first rap, they're writing words. Then as you build skill and you get into your craft, some people sound like other people, and then some people find a mark where they did. It's just them. How did you? When did you just become you, and you knew it? Oh, I, I never had to become me. I've always been me. Um, yeah, I never. From the time I got on the mic, I've never changed. You might listen to old songs from me that I never put out. I sound the same. I never had to find my voice. I've always been me. What I like about your style is you're very, you're clear, loud, and confident. In American society, especially for women of color, those are the things that women have been chastised to, to be. Or, you know, they like black women, unfortunately, are too loud or they're too bossy or they're, 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 they're this or they're that. And there's always a stigma to try to build, break somebody down. Tell me about why you never let anybody break you down and you owned it in your style. I never let anybody break me down because for what? I told you I'm a I'm a I'm a happy person, I'm a positive person. I've mm -hmm. always been that way my whole life, so there's been a lot of people that come at me with negativity and, and negative comments and stuff, but that doesn't mean anything to me, because I know where I'm headed, I know where I'm going. So, like, I've always, been, I've always had that "f you" mentality. Like, if you, if you're not coming me on anything positive, then what are we, what are we talking about? I don't even want that type of energy in my life. I, it, it, I I've never let that kind of stuff get to me. I mean, no, I'm capping. I really have, but you know, you learn to just let it go. Yeah. I'm a preschool teacher by trade, right? So yeah. the little girls that's in my class, I make sure we always build them up with positivity. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there's too many times where people, like I said, especially women of color in this, in this country, what people would do is try to put you in a box. How do you break the mold of the box so nobody can ever put you in it or stigmatize you to a genre? And I done broke that box so many times. <laughs> Yo, you can't stick me in the box. Me, being a colored woman, I done mm -hmm. been on American Ninja Warrior, a NFL cheerleading team, uh, uh, captain of a cheerleading team that, you know, predominantly Caucasian uh, students graduated from. You know, I, you just can't. You can't put me in that box. You just can't. I mean, I just – prove myself throughout you know my years and everything that I've done um and now with music you can't put me in that box either because you know I we haven't heard heard the songs yet but I mean I have I have a mixtape coming out that's got pop records on it cross crossover records you can't put me in the box and I'm just you know you can't do that and I want you to win so that's what's up I'm glad you said that but let's go back to American Ninja Warrior. What was that experience like? Uh, hard. <laughs> what made it difficult? You know, you know, you ever watched the show? Yes, I have. Yeah. But I've so, never done anything to get on it, so that 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 would be like an amazing story to tell. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. I, you know, you watch the show and you ever said, you ever said this? Think, think about it. You ever watched the show and been like, oh, I could do that? Nope. <laughs> I'm humble enough to know All that right, well, people work well, with to get on that show. 
You're one of the you're you're one of the few. There's a small percentage of the world that is gonna say, Nah, I can't do any of that shit. But a lot of people there's at least one thing that you see on American Ninja Warrior and you're like, Oh, I could do that And that was my thought process, you know? And I I thought I had I thought I was like I thought I was like ahead of the game because, cause, you know, I had the background. Mm-hmm. Like, you flipping and, and jumping from bar to bar, like, that's what I grew up doing. I knew, I know how to do that. And then, you know, I had coached, um, I coached a lot of gymnastics teams and I got, I kind of got back into it, um, kind of got back into gymnastics. And so I had a little bit of experience as an adult. And so when I got the the call, when they told me I was on the show, I had a month to train. I never trained before, ever. So I ended mm. up going to a gym out in Houston um, that specialized in, in that sport. And that month was hell. I mean, it mm. was just so difficult for me. It was so hard. I had my hands were cut up, bleeding. I went mm. home crying from practice. It was just incredibly difficult um but i did learn a lot of things i gained a lot of strength you know it it was a good it was a good experience for me and then when i actually competed i did bad i fell on the third obstacle um yeah but i mean for i did pretty good for the girls that were there a lot of girls didn't make it past the first obstacle so i mean i did Mm. i did i did okay um but yeah, it was it was it was definitely an, an experience, something that I've never experienced before, something that I can always say, you know, I've done, have it on my resume. Um but it, it it's not it's not as easy as that as it looks at all. Yeah, that shit don't look easy to me at all. No. <laughs> I'm humble enough to know that if people have to train for it, I'm probably not gonna do that well on it. You know what I'm saying? Because I haven't trained for it. But shout out to you because no, that shows that like I said, once again from the beginning. That's a mental sharpness and a commitment to greatness that some people talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And that's why I enjoy you. That's why I enjoy you as an artist because in finding out part of your story, I'm like, yo, this person is not just a female who looks good, who just want to talk all goddamn day. You actually have, you have presence to your, to yourself first. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And I love that. Every every artist's dream is to be on stage in front of, like, thousands of people. You've already performed in front of thousands of people. Forget the TV thing. Um, as a cheerleader, what is it like to command the audience when you had those many eyes on you? So much fun. It's so much fun. I know this is what I was born to do because, I mean, even from when I was a child, even when I was in gymnastics, I remember this is when I was a gymnast. I ended up, the, the the best score I ever got was a bar routine I did. I did so good on the bar routine. The whole crowd went freaking crazy. I landed it, and I just, I wasn't even thinking. And in, you, before, okay, so in gymnastics, when you finish your routine, you have to salute the judge, okay? Mm-hmm. And so when I finished, I landed my, my routine, and instead of saluting the judge, I saluted the crowd. Like, and the whole crowd went like crazy. And so, you know, it was like, you know, things like that, things like that that I just teach from like way back in my childhood. Then in cheerleading and, and, um, in high school, I just love being in front of a crowd. Like, you know, and, uh, when, when you're doing sidelines and sidelines, you can get more personal with the crowd. Whereas, you know, when you're out on the field, you're on the big field and there's like 72,000 people looking at you. It's a little bit different. But when you're right in front where, where those people that have like the, um, the seats that are super close to the field, you can get really personal and you can, you can kind of flirt with the crowd, you know, and, um, and, and have a good time with them. And that it's just, it's definitely an experience. It's, it's, it's so much fun. It's not for everybody. Not everybody feels comfortable doing that but for me it's just and and it's more than just than just being you know in front of a crowd and having fun with them it's you know there's we had other things we had um we had different appearances that we had to make 
you know, you have to be personable. Um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're out in the, um, what do you call those things? Oh, like, like, uh, like the skybox or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, the suite. When you're in the suite, you know, you, um, you have to be able to talk to people. You have to make people smile, signing autographs, you know, things like that, making people feel good, speaking to kids. Um, so it, it, it was, it was an amazing experience, you know. Um, I had, I had a great time doing it for sure. You came out the womb a superstar. <laughs> and that's, and, and, but see, that's the thing that I like because some people, they're not born ready, they get ready. Right. You being you being born ready, it was just a matter of time until you found your niche. So you went into your thing. But from what I understand, you have so many niches that, once again, you can't be put in a box. You are an expressionist, correct? Yeah, that's very true. And a lot of people try to put me in a box, and that's annoying. Well, we're not going to put you in a box. We want you to create a box today because usually – when people think of a box, they think of being something being closed in. Life is a classroom without walls. So you're always going to be in something, but it doesn't mean you have to stop there. Let's right. talk about let's talk about your music right now. Okay. What helps you create? Does the beat speak to you or do you come prepared to attack a beat? Beat speaks to me for sure. Beat I can't, you know, it's just, I, I have one song, one song right now that I had, and it was only a verse that I actually had, like, I was like, ooh, I have a verse that can fit this. You know, sometimes I'll write verses in, in, in the dark in my room and stuff, and uh, I... It's very difficult for me to just, because to me, write verses, it's like, it's not real. Like, it's not, it's real, but it's, like, not the same as when you, you're just there and you hear something and it just comes out of you. Like, that's just pure and genuine, I feel like. Okay. So when you hear the beat, does the beat draw you into memory mode to write from experience or do you write from inspiration? What do you mean memory mode from like, Isn't experience and inspiration kind of the same thing? No. Because um, inspiration can be embellished. Inspiration can be, fiction, not, or can be fictional. But experience is just your real life. Um, I guess I've definitely experienced. I don't do no cap rap. Oh. <laughs> Y'all gonna hear okay. some shit from me and be like, damn, for real? Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, y'all hear that? And y'all like, man, I wanted that real. Yes, that shit happened for real. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the song Intentions and how that came about. Oh, you heard Intentions. Okay. Oh, I went, so, I went deep. I wanted, I didn't pick stuff out for you. I didn't want to be corny and just talk about the one single. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know. I got two I got two other songs out. Um yeah, I think this is cool. Um, you know, so that actually that that song, my uh boss, Mr. Lee, uh my dad, he he was like, Hey, come to the studio. I was like, Bet. So I came to the studio, and he was cooking up this beat, and I did it from scratch, right? And I'm hearing him make this beat. Man, I cried. Legit tears mm. coming out of my eyes when he made that beat because it was just so beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And my uh, local local uh, artist out here, Mitch Breed, he got on it. Amazing. So talented. And then Slim Thug got on it. Mm. The music spoke to your heart, and you told your truth on it. Um. Yeah. I mean, we are talking about. He said, "What did this big read say? Um, best sex, best sex, shit. Last time, best sex, shit. So I was even talking about sex. So I was like, I just want to lay up in the bed, you know. So it just, I don't know. It just came out of me like that. So <laughs> <laughs> 
I respect that because usually when I, I interview people, and I'm sure you could tell, my questions are not regular. So when I ask somebody yes, something, and not, I because I was not always prepared for the same fucking questions that I get every single time, and then you hit me with some shit. I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, well, like I said, I love. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about me to go back to to the song. I, I'm a person who loves hip hop culture, so for okay. me, I don't want to ask you about your music and just people be like, oh, that's just another artist. I want people to know you so that when they listen to you, not only will it make them want to hear your music, but they can have an understanding of you within your music. Right. If if somebody won't listen to you, then fuck them. They're not meant for you. But I, but I believe since you have this talent, you are meant to be heard. So I want people to get an idea and understand it and respect you first, even if they have not heard your music. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So, in understanding that, right, when I heard intentions, I was like, okay, this girl, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, though, listen, though, like, I'm, you know, okay, the only time, the only time anyone would ever know that is if they listen to my music or if they personally experienced it. That's the only time. I don't, I don't, I don't, say, uh, uh-uh. I don't like doing that. I feel like that's like, that's like sacred. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, that's the only time you're gonna hear that. And it's, oh, and even when I say it, like, even a lot of the stuff I say, sometimes I try to disguise it. Like, I don't try to be all like crazy with, let me spit on the dick. Like, I feel like I don't want to mm-hmm. be like that, you know? I might right. say it in a thing where you're like, oh, no, we're doing this thing, you know? <laughs> okay, so then let's flip it. Tell me about Come Over and how that process went down. Okay, so when Mr. Lee made intentions, when he made the speech to intentions, I cried when he made the speech to intentions. But when I mm-hmm. wrote Come Over, I cried when I wrote Come Over. So, mm. Come Over. I don't know if you've really heard the song, but Come Over is a song that's like, um, it's very special to me because I think in the industry now we have a lot of women, um, if rappers, like MCs or whatever, that mm-hmm. are speaking about, you know, it's, there's not enough, um, there's not enough. Uh, like appreciation for our men. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I feel like that, like especially coming from like a female like rap perspective, like I don't feel like there's a lot of appreciation. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like downing them. Hey, I'm gonna take his money. You gonna trick off on me? Hey, these motherfucking bills. You know, you know. I feel like there's a lot of that. And um, with come over, I feel like. I feel like as a woman, me personally, I truly believe this shit. Like, you as a woman have woman, womanly duties. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes society tells us different. Um, but as a woman, coming from the womb, you have it in you to be a woman. Just like as a man, you have it in you to be a man. Are there a lot of quote-unquote real men out here? I don't know. Are there a lot of quote-unquote girls, women out here? I don't know. Seems seems not so. But with Come Over, I just wanted to express how important that is and, 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 and what you should do for your for your man. Now, the reason why I cried is because I used to be engaged um, mm. uh, like four years ago or something like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this song is was like I, I thought about him. I thought about my ex fiance, my my soon to be husband, um, that you know, the way I the way I wanted to, to treat him when he came home, the way I wanted to treat him before he went to work, you know, make him feel safe, make not safe, because he's gonna make me feel safe, but make him feel comfortable. Um, you know, I don't want him to want for anything, like I just want him to if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing as a man, then 
I'm going to do what I have to do as a woman um, to make this work. And I felt like that that's just the message I wanted to bring to Come Over. Yeah, I like Come Over. That, that's the song I played, and I was just really intrigued by it. Because um, um, recently on my platform on Heritage Hip Hop, we did a talk show called The Mike Council. And we're talking about the events that's going on in this country. And one of the subtitles of, 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 the, of the show is Hip Hop's Responsibility. And with you making a song like Come Over, that's a very responsible song because you're talking about something that most people don't want women to talk about in hip-hop, and that's love, appreciation, godliness. So as an artist, why do you feel it's important for you to make responsible music and not just put out bangers that can do anything for you? Uh, I don't think... I don't think it's like it, it's just what comes to your heart. It ain't. It's not mm-hmm. even like I have to do this music so it, it makes the Billboard chart. It's just I make music because that's what I. It's what I feel in my soul. Mm-hmm. I don't make music for everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I make music for for. For the people who are gonna hear it and and love it and enjoy it and 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 feel the same feel some of the same ways that I feel. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really make music to to I guess. Uh, well, maybe, I, I don't know to to be in the hype. I don't really do that. Do I have songs that are similar? Absolutely. I sure do, but that's just what I was feeling at the moment. That's why I can make a pop song, or I can I can make an R and B song. I got a whole R and B album that I'm about to drop of me just strictly singing. I got I try to make, um, you know, a, a conscious record. I can make um, an appreciation record. You know, I can make a twerk song. I I mean, it's just it's just really what what I'm feeling at the moment. I guess. Wait, what, I, what I've experienced, <laughs> that's what we were talking about earlier. Word. And being that you're a couple of Mr. Lee, who's a proficient producer, shout out to him, first and foremost. We can't, we can't, we got, we, we, I love people always shout out to um, the, the rappers. We also got to introduce the, uh, I mean, we got to shout out the the producer and the engineers because they help make the and sound perfect. The engineer, because I, I was about to say that because a lot of people miss out on that part. Yeah, the engineers are the unsung heroes of the game. True indeed. Working with a working with a very established producer also helps bring out the things in you that were there that you may not have known. How has working with him made you a better artist? Oh my gosh. Mr. Lee gave me Mr. Lee Mr. Lee made me who I am, man. I, I, I mean, like, I, you can't say he made me who I am because I was who I was. But I mean, like, without Mr. Lee, I wouldn't have the confidence to do what I do. There's so much negative, negative things that come towards me um, in this industry, in the industry, especially being a woman in a male-dominated industry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and before I even met him, I experienced a lot of that. And when I met him, and he, you know, number one, didn't look at me as a piece of meat, um, and number two, believed in me from, like, the very beginning, it completely changed. It it changed everything. I mean, I was confident before, but after after he co-signed me, it was over with. Y'all, it was over with. I was like, Mr. Lee? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mr. Lee, like, me? Like, I thought, like, I didn't even have a song out yet, and he was co-signing me. Like, it was just crazy. So, for sure, yeah. I mean, that that completely changed everything, to be completely honest with you. Honestly, it made me 10 gazillion, million, trillion times more confident than I was prior to meeting him, for sure. Word. Now you're out. You're you're out in Texas right now. Is that what you? Was that, that that's that's your operation base, right? So what is the Texas hip hop sound, and how are you contributing or changing it? What is the Texas hip hop sound? Sure. Oh, um, 
I don't really know. I mean, if you want to talk about Houston, you know, you got that slow chop and screw. Shout out to DJ Michael Watts. If you haven't heard it, he chopped and screwed. Come over. It is crazy. Um, send it but, to me. Uh, I want it. I'll send it to me. I want it. Yeah, he, he chopped and screwed. Come over. And I, woo, I love Mr. Lee. I love DJ Michael Watts. I don't know which one's better. That's how good that shit is. It's so good. Um, <laughs> um, so... Let's see. I mean, I'm I don't I'm I'm not sure. That's the Texas sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hard one for me. I'm not sure. I'm not really I'm not really one to kind of like. Only time mm-hmm. I study up on on artists is when I'm like paying homage. I have a couple songs where I'm paying homage to a couple artists, and mm-hmm. that's really the only time I'll study up on 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 a sound is when mm-hmm. I'm trying to, um, you know, kind of get some inspiration. So I don't, I'm not too big on knowing sounds like that. I don't, I don't know. Okay. You said something interesting, though. You say you, you, um, the one you pay homage. Who has inspired you, and who do you pay homage to? Uh, there's a couple songs that I pay homage to people on, um, I have a song called I Got My Own. I cannot wait to drop this record. Um, sorry, I'm seasoning my chicken. Um, I can't wait to drop this record. Um, it, it, uh, if we want to talk about sounds, it has like that, uh, East Coast feel to it. Um, okay. And it was paying homage to Biggie. So the first line was Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. That's, that's the first line on the song. So right. like I studied I studied Juicy for for a couple of days before I wrote that record. And uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I love that record. Part of the genius of Mr. Lee is on your first single, he used a well known music chop for your beat. That was the same chop Lil John and the Eastside Boys look used in B.I.B.I. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for somebody who's seasoning music, that sound catches you like, oh, Junk, I know that, and they want to hear what you do. But just the same way for a new person who doesn't know that sound when they hear you, that catchy bounce introduces them for what's to come later. Right. My, my question to you is, you said the music talks to you. But how do you find that energy to destroy your beat, not just the beat, you don't want to beat? How do I find the energy to destroy the beat? Well, let me give you, let me, let me, let me give you some subcontext. Wait, wait, when I say that, it's like this. You ever heard a song where somebody's on the song, but it doesn't sound like they're on the song, they're just a part of it? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you gotta give me an example. Well, okay. You ever went to or heard somebody who's trying to get into the business or they get on a song and, like, you can forget about, you could, you could forget they're on the song? You ever oh, had that? not a major artist. No, no, it's a major artist that, 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 that flunked major songs, too. Nah. <laughs> but, like, um, okay, let's just keep it to you. Your first song, Boss, right? Right. You don't rap on that beat. You own that beat because your voice is part of the instruments of the beat. You see what I'm saying? That's what I mean. So how do I do that? Well, yeah. You you, know what's funny? mm -hmm. People, people, when I first got with Mr. Lee, they always told me, a lot of engineers, you rap too hard. You're not sexy enough when you rap. (laughs)
Sorry, I'm I'm sneezing my hand. I'm sneezing. Um, I'll be doing um. I'll be doing songs now, and they'll be like, "You're rapping too hard. You're rapping too hard." So like, it's kind of annoying. I'll like ease up a little bit, but after they leave, I delete the verse and I redo it. The way I want to do it. <laughs> but see, that's what I like about you. I like your voice because when you rhyme, you don't sacrifice your power to the beat. So you're not overpowered and you're not underrepresented. You're like telling people who are loose to the beat that the beat has to catch up to me, not me rap to the beat. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I like about your voice. You see what I mean? That's why I think Boss is dope because even when you the way you command and you own the hook, you bring the listener into the in, into the vocals. So shout out to him for not dumbing down your genius. We'll put it like that. Oh yeah, right. he knew it from the beginning though. Mr. Lee was not gonna let anybody change the way I I do anything ever. He would get mad if I wasn't, you know, using the voice that I that he knows I have. So sure. And and plus you're getting you're getting help or aid from a person who's done major recording artists. So what he says goes, and if he believes in you, it's not going to be a dumb down. It has to be your best at all times, correct? Mr. Lee has 40 flats, so I'm not listening to anybody that don't have 41. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Like, this is not going to happen. So, yeah. That's right. So once again, we're going to give a shout-out to Mr. Lee because when people believe in you, they bring out your best. People who mold you try to make them think you into little thems, and that's corny, and I don't like that. So back to what we were saying about the music, though. You said something that really hit my heart that I wanted to get back to, and that was how the music had made you emotional. Is this, is doing hip-hop or doing music therapeutic for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's, how the, only, does, that's, um, that's the only... That's the only way I can I can get over things through music. My whole life, that's how I've been. I I I, I don't watch TV. The only thing I do is workouts, get on Instagram, uh, cook, and sleep, shower. You know, release from you know whatever that is. Um, and so you know, all that can be done with music. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like if the only thing I had left was food and music, I would be straight. Like I, I, I don't. I mean, that's just what I do. I love. I love music. Mm. That's what's up. You see, because it's, it's it's written in the holy books how music has played demons out of people, and in contemporary music, music is shown how demons have been played into music with music. Spend to people with music. So music is one of those godly things that helps create the norm and create peace in people's lives. So I salute you for finding your peace and doing it. That's what's up. Yeah, for sure. Before we um, continue on the interview, I would like for you to drop your social medias so everybody knows how to follow you, how to get your music, and then we're going to have some fun. Uh Fit like candy is everything. Find me everywhere. Fit like candy. All right. Literally. And for everybody out there, when y'all see her, don't perv out because this is an MC. This is not just somebody that you're gonna look at and go crazy over. All right. No. All right. Let's 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 be real. So here we go. Um, now I want to ask you what I call the rapid fire questions. The rapid fire questions are not yes no questions. Because I don't give a damn about what you like to eat. I don't care what your favorite color is. I don't care what's on TV. or it. I don't care. That's not what I ask these questions for. These questions are to show the world how deep and dope you are by giving them a part of your mind and your soul and your heart and your answers. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Here's the first question. What song or album perfectly describes you that you did not make? It comes from another artist. Uh, perfectly describes me. Mm-hmm. Uh, options by Party Next Door. Ooh, no, you got options, babe. Why that one? But you're from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, for real. 
How how so? Um, he's talking about. I mean, it's a guy that likes a girl, <laughs> and you know, he pretty much he knows that she has options and shit. I got options, and I don't sell. Don't sell for no bullshit. Um, right. And I and at the end he he just talked about how you know she wants to have fun, you know, and that's just me. I like to have fun. I like to be happy. So yeah, that's that's definitely me. I love that song. That's, part that's of dope. That's dope. Okay, I love that. My next question is this: Unfortunately, in the industry that you're in. Men will always try to tear women down or make them their robots and do what they want them to do. What do you think it would take to, for a woman to be more prominent in hip-hop since most women are better than the men that's coming out anyway? What, what would it take for a what? A woman to go beyond the expectations of men in the industry, whereas women right now, are as new artists, are better than the men that's coming out. What would it take for a woman to go beyond? Yeah, like I said earlier, like in, in, you're in a male-dominated industry, so women always come under a man, and the men try to take them to where they have to go. What is it going to take for a woman to go beyond that man's expectations in the industry and not be, you know, pigeon like boxed or their little replicas or something? I don't have an answer to that. The world got to figure that out. I don't know. I just the world. if you if you got dope music, you got dope music. Mm-hmm. Mm, in- like interesting. So, as far as the music goes, are you just an artist, or are you going to become a brand? I'm a brand. I'm already a brand. So we're just building that brand. That's why I didn't change my name. Everybody's always like, "Why didn't you change your name?" Because I'm a brand. That's why. <laughs> okay. I respect that. I respect that. So, okay, that's up for the world to change. Right now in the world, we have so much turmoil going on between the unfortunate murders of George Floyd, Atatiana Jefferson, Breonna Taylor, you know, um, and so many others, Sandra Bland, and so many and so many others. Why do you think the world is missing our voice, and how can music help change that? Why is the world missing our voice? Yes. I don't think the world is missing our voice. I think they're choosing to ignore it. Okay. I mean, um, how can music help change that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how music can help change that. Um, I mean, if somebody makes a great song like Tupac, uh, shit, maybe, maybe, maybe people will listen. I'm not sure, but, uh, I don't know. I don't think the world is, is missing that. I think we're choosing to ignore it. Mm. Yeah, see, and in in, in, in I heard an older person say that when you look at a people, you listen to their music to get an idea of the people. And unfortunately, all the people who are gatekeepers of the mainstream media, the only music they put out is music about us that's negative, sex-driven, murder-hungry, or or, or, or drug-infested. And I hate that. Mm, Where does... I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You don't think the mainstream media mainstream media promotes us in negative lights through music? Are we choosing to make that kind of music though? That's the thing. Like it's not we don't have to make that kind of music. We just choose to make that kind of music. I feel like if you got if you got a bop, you got a bop. It don't matter if you're talking about sex, drugs, love. It's just a bop. It's a bop. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well, every perspective is rich, and I enjoy and I enjoy yours. So I ask you this question: In hip hop, in music, we usually remix songs. And if everybody doesn't know, a remix is a song where we either put out the same song and change the beat, or we add more people to the song and re-release it to give it more flavor. I'll ask you: What is the greatest remix of all time? 
somebody on the song there's always a guest star or somebody who comes on the song they can just like completely take over a song the feature Wayne, Wayne. Wayne is the best feature of all time for you um, Wayne just because he's so diverse Wayne there's a lot of people that can do a remix no T-Pain T-Pain up there too T-Pain right T-Pain up there too well Wayne feature. can get on the song Wayne can get on the pop song and kill that shit and be like, hey, he just made that, you know, it'd be people from hood listen to the pop song just because Wayne on it, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. Wayne is definitely, Wayne is an influencer and I, I love that about him. Interesting. Okay. My next question would be, if you had the opportunity to make your dream song, who would do the beat and who will feature on it, dead or alive, no limitations? Mr. Lee, um, Biggie. You and Biggie and Mr. Lee. That sounds interesting. It would be interesting because Biggie had melodic flow with his voice, and you have a very strong, powerful flow with your voice. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's dope. One thing I want to ask you about, the dream of being an artist is hearing your song any and everywhere. What would be your dream scenario to hear your song somewhere? What would you want to hear that? Where would I want to hear that? Yeah. Um, my high school reunion. <laughs> really? Yeah. What would that do for you? Uh, let motherfuckers know you shouldn't have fucking treated me like shit when I was in high school. You a bully? Mm. I don't know. I bet. Mm, okay. It was an experience. I got you. I respect that. Um, one thing I really, I really wanted to know about you is part of your boss video, you had a theme of class and showmanship. Were you behind the, the the clothes of the video and the look of it, or did that get done for you? Yeah, I was. You was in control of it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in one scene, you were dressed up with the tuxedo-type look, which means you're the star of the stage. The other scene, you had, like, a red dress on, Jessica Rabbit, sex appeal. Another scene, you were, like, the dancer because you had the headpiece on. What did you want to capture in that video, and how does it reflect being a boss? A boss. All them were bossy outfits. <laughs> okay. Okay. The one with the red, with the little skirt, sitting on the throne. I'm a queen. I'm a boss. Mm-hmm. The one with the collar shirt, with the little cigarette lighter. I'm a boss. I need, I need money. You know? I mean... There's a lot of bossy, bossy outfits for sure. Yeah, those are all statement pieces. Because like I said, even as the entertainer, on the stage, with the people, whatever, you commanded each part of the scene. I want to respect you for that. That's why I asked. So for everybody out there listening, this is Fit Like Candy. And I want you to go listen to her music. More importantly, though, we at Heritage Hip Hop do not believe in streaming. It's okay to stream, but if she's somebody that you really enjoy, we would ask for you to please purchase the music, whether you spend a dollar for a single, four for the EP, or ten for the album. Please put your money down, because if you really like her and her music, the money that you spend ensures that she can make more music for you and build her movement. So please, Purchase power means everything. Go buy the music. And with that being said, we're going to go to the last question. I hope you liked your interview. This is this is the um, the most important question of the interview. 
Fit Like Candy is a star, right? Right. Fit Like Candy is more than just somebody who does music, though. She's somebody who's going to inspire with her look, her story, and her sound. But unfortunately, one day you're going to pass away. Heaven forbid, I hope it does not happen anytime soon, especially in how the world is right now. What do you want people to remember about you? That's what you're going to ask me. Huh? What would you say? What do you want people to remember about you? That's what you're going to ask me. No, that's not what I'm going to ask you. My question is, what is the legacy that you leave behind that made the world better because you did what you did? That's the same question. No, it's not. Because how you know, because how you get remembered, how, how you get remembered does not mean you have an impact. Your legacy is your impact. I want people to remember that I'm real. I never, I never... I'm not, you know, I'm a real person. I've always been real. Everybody that, you know, um, I've been around. And if, you know, you ever cross me, then it is what it is. That's that's where our where our, our paths just stop. So I'm a real person. I want everybody to know that. I want to know how important it is to keep it real at all times no matter what. So everybody out there. Feel like Candy's a real person, but the legacy is to be a real person, so everybody always knows that you are true to yourself, and that's what makes the world better. So for everybody out there, this is Karev with Fit Like Candy. Once again, make sure you purchase the music and, and, um, and you support her movement. And with that, we say peace, and we out. Peace, love, and city grace. I ain't even how it go, but <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karev representing the movement. And Fit Like Candy is an artist that not only deserves our respect because she's a diehard, never say, I can't do it type of person, but she goes hard for what she believes in. Me personally, I love women who sing, who rap, who perform, especially in hip hop culture because women are always beat down and their form of expression, even in the biblical scriptures, is celebrated. And when we don't celebrate the voices of our women, not only do we lose out on half of God's creation, we lose out on half of what God is, which is the side of us that is provocative, creative, innovative, and new all at the same time. So shout out to Fit Like Candy and shout out to Mr. Lee, a pioneer in beat making in the South who not only finds his talent, but believes in his talent and pushes them to their best. This episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to repair your credit, please contact them at www.transparentcreditrepair.com or you can call them at 862-250-5122. We'd like to shout out our other partners. Shout out to Fatty's Place, our virtual assistants. If you would like a virtual assistant to make your social media pop, check out Fatty's Place on Instagram at F-A-D-D-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E. Our marketing, promotion, and placement manager, an MC by the name of Fire Jaws, who teaches us it's not getting your stuff out, it's also placing it so it can be seen. He's available for work. If you're looking to make your brand better and to put it out there so people can see it, Contact him up Instagram at F-I-R-E-J-A-W-S. Shout out to Lex Diamonds and Diamonds Entertainment LLC. Shout out to Big A and the Big A Show, which is out right now. You can, you can Google both of them and find them on Instagram and on YouTube. Before we get out of here, we just want to say your support of Heritage Hip Hop is very appreciated and meaningful. Please visit us at www.heritagehiphop.com. You can follow us on Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. And if you like to help us build this brand and get some apparel, we have a store, www.storefrontier.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt, get something that makes Heritage Hip Hop a part of you. And we appreciate if you buy the apparel, take pictures and send it to our Instagram page on Heritage Hip Hop so we can support you as you support us. Before we get out of here, one last time, the world is in a very interesting place where people are finally getting their voices heard and the banana in the tailpipe 
<laughs> is happening where companies are now starting to recognize that people matter and they just want your dollars rather than support your movement. So always ask questions. Where is the money going and who's behind it? More importantly, with people turning up missing or dead in this country, it is important for us to remember their lives by fighting for freedom, but also protecting and looking out for the people who are affected by their loss directly. So to the families of those who have lost loved ones in this time, us at Heritage Hip Hop, we all salute you and we, and we recognize you. With that being said, to everybody out there, we say peace and we out.